Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Started today. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Monday, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Let's recap the weekend in college football, shall we? We saw some stuff. Big 12, mm. Pac-12, mm. Uh, are they out of playoff consideration? ACC looks as though they are at this point. Oh, it's going to be a fun month of October and into November, and away we go. Bama, Trenton, Ken, thank you for coming on. How are you, Bama? Doing great, Kenny. How are you? Doing well. You know where I want to start with you? I want to start with Cincinnati and Notre Dame. Um, like Notre Dame made it close for a little bit anyways, and then Desmond Ritter wouldn't let that happen. What a big win for Cincinnati. You texted Trent and I during the game, and you're 100% right. The red in uh, at South Bend in the stadium just, I mean, Cincinnati fans got in. Which I mean, I don't know how big of a surprise it. We know the teams. Look, if you your schedule comes out and you want to make one road trip and you're mm-hmm. playing in South Bend, okay, that's the one I want to go to. Uh, but still, Bama, uh, Cincinnati fans showed up. They were loud and they were rewarded. Yeah, they were, and that was just. I mean, you're right. That was impressive to me. It just, it just, stood, it looked like a, it looked like a Christmas game because there was a lot of green sprinkled with a lot of red, and then, yeah. of course, in that, in the upper, whatever, I don't know, north south end zone, whatever it is, but at the top, there were thousands mm-hmm. of Cincinnati fans and all dressed in red, and I was really surprised to see that much of a presence there. And I mean, and you're right, they spent some money because I'm sure those tickets weren't cheap. Um, that looked like too big of a block of tickets for Notre Dame to give to a visiting opponent. Maybe I'm wrong, but look, the game itself, this was just no fluke. They were just nope. the better they were the better team. Yep. This wasn't one of these, oh, you know, we had to trick them, we had to, you know, do whatever. Uh Desmond Ritter came, he conquered. Um and it's it's kind of ironic that this is a, a program that Brian Kelly kind of started a little bit, sort of on its path, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, to get to where they are, and it came back and bit him in the butt. And man, we are in for if they can finish it. Which you know, looking at that schedule right now, you you don't know why they wouldn't. Right, you know, UCF game maybe. Um, SMU the blue. Yeah, SMU. I think I think SMU may be the toughest game they have left. Yeah. I know UCF's going to get a lot of the attention, and and it'll that'll be a fun game, but. Um, you know, Malzahn is just kind of doing Malzahn things down there uh, at, at UCF. But, uh, you know, I think the debate that, that Oregon losing to Stanford is really, if, if, if things finish and those two teams don't lose again, man, we are going to have ourselves just <laughs> an incredible debate, especially if the two SEC juggernauts 
continue and, and maybe meet undefeated in the championship game. Um, we are going to have a debate on, you know, Cincinnati non-power five versus a one loss, mm-hmm. you know, Pac-12 team, that kind of thing, whatever it happens to be. Who's Who may have a pretty good win on their resume at Ohio State. But regardless, just a, a, a Cincinnati's doing all they can do. And I think if if not this year, I don't think it's ever going to happen. I couldn't because, agree with you more. I mean, you listen, you go on the road, you win at Notre Dame, you know, the, a top 10 te- a top 10 Notre Dame team right now. I think a lot of it might depend on how does Notre Dame finish the season cuz that's how we everybody kind of likes to connect those dots. But this team is for real and I don't know if they can win a national championship, but I can assure you nobody who was nobody in with them would want to draw them. I can put it that tell you that for sure they would not be taking them for granted because that is that team looks the part they really look the part indeed they do Trent we've gone down this path many times with some of these mid-majors can they can they and then they ultimately don't get there remember Houston a few years back had the Oklahoma scalp here they come Mm -hmm. and then they falter late in the season you mentioned SMU really good team they might have to win a rematch two weeks after that against SMU again ultimately I don't think they're going 13-0 that defensive line is legit but we've seen the pressure and how it mounts and how difficult, regardless of what mm-hmm. conference you're in, it is to run the mm-hmm. table. It's true. They're good. Their defensive line is elite. But there's still some questions even offensively. Not running the ball real well. Notre Dame struggled to stop the run and wasn't a great game overall. I don't think this team ultimately gets to 13-0. and But if they do, then we can have the argument. Indeed. The, the Tuesday TV show, boy, Condon, you'll be watching this year because your team's going to be a bit major, major player in it. I'm telling you, you'll finally come around. Yeah. Uh, to watching our show, it doesn't on matter. I know it doesn't, but it's fun theater. Uh, Bama, let's get into it. I'm going to start. I'm going to. Um, I'm going to start with the ACC, fellas. Oh, I don't no. know why. I'm not going to linger. Oh no! But we've got <laughs> new blood in the ACC. I mean, it's we as as we sit here today would be watching Wake Forest and Pitt of all schools uh, play for the championship. Clemson won the game. I mean, the scoreboard says they did. I don't know what that means. Trent, would you we'll actually watch you. that game? Would I actually watch that Because there'll be other game. games going on. Yeah, they no, go I won't. No. 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 Not if there's other games going on, no. And that's Herb Street and Fowler, right? Is that what the I game that they did? I think it is. No, I won't watch this. Because isn't that head-to-head with the Big Ten Championship game? it is. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not watching. Do you have a takeaway, Trent, other than that? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's kind of what it is. <laughs> it's just a whole bunch of yuck. What an awful conference, Bama. It really and truly is. I mean... Florida State got a win. Oh, there you go. Let the bells ring out and the banners fly. And Syracuse covered and for That's you because important. you had Syracuse. Yes. Uh, Bama, your takeaway on the S- on the ACC, rather. Yeah, Clemson, I mean, this is a down year. I think we, we wondered after the Georgia game, you know, how good their defense was and all that. And, look, I think I- – <laughs> I gave him the kiss of death, I guess, because I flipped over. I saw the the kind of the score there as as BC was driving, and they got down to the eleven yard line, down six or whatever it was, five, whatever the the margin was. I guess it was six with under a minute to go. And I texted you guys. I'm like, man, this is happening right now. And it's like within ten seconds, they just fumbled the snap. The quarterback tried to pick it up, which you never do, and he got stripped of it, and that was it. But they're out of the top 25. I mean, they, they fell, they won, and they fell out of the top 25, which I think we can kind of all agree. Um, Dabo's saying all the right things, and, and he's sort of right. 
you know, he's trying to just keep his kids engaged because in the fans because let's face it, they're so used to just mm-hmm. you know mauling their way over everybody in this conference, and you know it's kind of like a playoff is a right. That's not going to happen this year. He's trying to say, look, you know, this is important. All we should celebrate all wins. I get it, but from a national perspective, um, you know, they need a new they they need a new quarterback. Uh, I think, and we're also seeing kind of how special the last two have been yeah. uh, to that program. But other than that, I mean, NC State, you know, they might be the best team in the conference. Wake Forest, as you mentioned, um, I thought they were pretty good. Uh, going in, and they didn't do really anything to dissuade that. Miami is just an absolute disaster. I think Diaz is on, you mm-hmm. know, on down there. Yep. Yeah. Um, North Carolina, I mean, I just can't figure them out. I mean, you know, they look terrible one week. They look great another week. I think they're the most potent team maybe in that conference. Pitt may have something to say about that, but you're right. When it boils down to it, even if Clemson is in the championship game, if they make it back to it, who's going to watch? It's just, it's just, it's mediocre football right now. Yep. And Clemson, Clemson has dropped to the other level as opposed to bringing the level up, you know, and having some other teams kind of try to reach their level. They've just fallen back to the pack, and it's it's really it's just kind of, unless you have a true rooting interest or an alma mater of that team of a team in that conference, it's really not worth watching. Although I will say, I do enjoy Wake Forest. I think that's a good team, and I like what that's. Ha- I like what's happening there. It'd be great if they could, you know, somehow finish this out and, uh, you know, make it to the championship game. It'd be great. Four conference games coming up this week. I'm going to save you the trouble for Friday, Ken. Georgia Tech, Duke, Virginia at Louisville, oh God. Wake at Syracuse, and FSU at UNC. We don't have to talk about any of those games. Just yeah. cross it off right, right. now. On our there list. it is. <laughs> and there's no sneaky good one. There. There's not a no, sneaky no, no, good no. one in the bunch. No doubt about it, fellas. <laughs> uh, thank you, Trish. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's let's go to the let's go to the Big Twelve program director. Trish. Yeah, I love it. Um, let's go to the Big Twelve. Uh, Oklahoma State's got a defense. West Virginia had a hiccup after you know uh, Oklahoma beat them twice. I think. Uh, because we saw what Texas Tech did going into uh, Morgantown and winning. Uh, Trent, your takeaway on the Big 12 was? It was Texas still. mentioned this on Friday. I like TCU coming into the weekend just because historically how well they played. And I didn't think they'd look as bad as they did the week before against SMU. And they improved. Texas, they got TCU's best shot. How many of these games in the past has Texas lost? Where they get behind early and they just can't going after looking so weak. A week, good a week previous. Is this Sark, Trent? I think so. I think maybe, just maybe, they got the right guy. I think we overreacted to what we saw against Arkansas. It was an Arkansas team mm-hmm. that played incredibly well mm-hmm. in that game. And they were starting the wrong quarterback. Right. They're not perfect, but they're pretty good. And when you can just hang on Bijan Robinson, just hand mm-hmm. him the ball 25 times a game, that's a pretty good place to he's, start. He's special. Bama, your take on the Big 12? Yeah, I think it's Texas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Um, listen, I give Kansas State a ton of credit. For hanging in there, Skylar Thompson played. He played really well. Yep. Um, I don't know if he was 100, percent but boy, he sure gave them something to think about. Oklahoma still, it's it's just like you're just waiting for it to happen. They keep eking out these wins over teams that, if you're really a top, and I give Kansas State a ton of credit. I, I I really do like that team. I like what's going on down there. They're just they're a lot like Arkansas. You know, they just. They have to recruit a certain kind of player and then develop them, and they do a great job of it. And it, every, you just there's no way Oklahoma sh- 
they, they should be able to hang with Oklahoma, but they do. And something's just still not 100% right with this Sooner team. I don't know what it is, but they're facing a couple of big tests coming up this week with Texas. I mm-hmm. think that may be a game we talk about on Friday. <laughs> you think? Um, <laughs> yeah. And then Oklahoma State, you mentioned the win against Baylor. This is a Baylor team that, that just you know knocked off Iowa State mm-hmm. last week. The defense is pretty good. Um, I think Obviously, I think two of those three are going to wind up playing each other in the in the conference championship. I don't know that anybody else is going to be able to sneak in. Uh, West Virginia's already got two conference losses. Um, TCU, okay, they've got one, but it's to Texas, so they lose that tiebreaker. I think it's obvious, kind of, you know, who's sort of rising to the top here, and they're just going to kind of fight it out, and it, it could come down to bedlam at the end, uh, as it sometimes always does. But I, I still don't. I can't quite figure out what is up with Oklahoma. They're doing just enough to win against good teams, not great teams. And I think I think Trent may be onto something with Texas. I, I, I wasn't a big fan of the hire. Um, I thought it might be a little bit of a reach given his tenure at USC and Washington and, you know, maybe just kind of hiring the big name coordinator. But but I give I give him a lot of credit because you're right. He's made some adjustments since the Arkansas game. You mentioned the quarterback and and B. John Robinson. In the past, Texas has just wanted to swing it 50, 60 times a game, whatever it is. And Stark, I think one thing, if he learned anything, uh, you know, at Alabama, maybe it's you know it's kind of the Belichick thing. You just take it one week at a time, and if and if you've got a if you have something that's going to work. And it works. You stick with it. You don't. You don't have to throw it. Just hand it to the guy thirty-five times, which they did, and let him run for two hundred yards. TCU. I'm surprised they were able to do that against the Patterson defense. But um, I don't think any of these teams are really national title contenders. I still don't think Oklahoma is. But uh, those three are kind of separating themselves. It would appear in that conference. And uh, I think this starting this week, I think we're going to get we're going to get some we're going to get two of these teams twice, uh, either Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Texas in the Big 12 championship game. Uh, let's go to the Big Ten, Trent Condon. Uh, obviously, Michigan's win over Wisconsin will uh, um, deserves a lot of credit. There's another team, too, that's starting to rear up a little bit, I think. That's that team to the West. You think uh, so? I do. I think Adrian Martinez played as you know what off that defense. You've been a fan of that defense mm-hmm. all year long. They got this uh, this running back who's huge. Last name is Yant. Uh, he went crazy again. He did it against Northwestern. This is a tough test. We'll talk about on Friday, Michigan, Nebraska. But the way they did it uh, catches my attention. That's one where I got to see it on Saturday night to really know because Michigan it's not smoking mirrors. No, I don't think it is either. But they got out to an early lead, and against a team like Wisconsin, as limited as they are offensively, all right, that kind of game control goes that way. It was just an avalanche for Nebraska. Well, Wisconsin made it close. They they, they they did nothing until the final five minutes of the half. Right. Which, that's a different conversation. I just got to see it. Both these teams, I like. I like what I've seen. I'm just not how, I'm not sure how true either Michigan or Nebraska okay. is. This one's going to tell us a That's lot. That's fair. Night. Absolutely fair. Bama, your takes take away on the Big Ten. Well, Wisconsin's very disappointing, and it's mm-hmm. not just that they're one and three. It's they, they kind of gave away week one against Penn State, and you look at the last two against Notre Dame and Michigan, and they've just been blowout. So that that's just a team that 
Look, they're gonna they're gonna struggle. Uh, well, I shouldn't say they're gonna struggle. I think Paul Chris is a good coach. They just don't have any weapons, guys. They don't have a quarterback. When Mertz went out, he he's serviceable, I think, at best. Mm-hmm. And when he goes out, there's obviously nothing behind him. And Michigan just ran out with it again. I'm not 100 percent sold. I picked Michigan in this game against my better judgment. Um, I'm starting to buy in a little bit, but again. I, I'm not. I'm not buying Nebraska. I'll put it that way. I'm not. I'm not. I do like Adrian Martinez. I'll tell you a team that's kind of maybe sneaky good. I know they haven't played anybody, but all you can do is beat the teams in front of you. Blah blah blah. And that's Michigan State. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've they've already got a win over Nebraska. They went down to Miami and won, which we all just agreed is you know maybe no big accomplishment. They've got two road games coming up: Rutgers and Indiana uh, in the next two weeks. If they can pick those two off on the road, they got a bye week going into Michigan, and they get Michigan and East Lansing. I mean, that, I don't know. I mean, they're ranked 19. They're kind of climbing. Rutgers is a good team. Uh, Indiana, I think, is just kind of, I mean, you know, we, we all, I think we were all sort of wondering what they would be, and I think they're kind of showing us maybe what they are. That was just sort of a ho-hum win that Penn State had uh, in Happy Valley on Saturday night to set up the big showdown with Iowa, who was probably the most impressive team. Now, Ohio State, the way they just destroyed Rutgers was impressive to me. They might have found something, might have fixed something. I don't know, because I thought Rutgers was pretty good. So Ohio State, all of a sudden, that win uh, in New Jersey – kind of opened my eyes a little bit, the margin of it. And the way they just ran out, what was it, 45 to nothing or whatever it was, 45 45 six, six, like six, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that – and then, you know, just put it on autopilot. That that surprised me. I didn't see that – I did not see that margin of victory coming, much like I didn't see the margin of victory coming uh, for Iowa. That was just – that was a, you know, here we are. I don't know. That that – that was a that was a in my opinion that was a really good win against Maryland. I know you people don't get excited over Maryland. Oh, Iowa should win if you're they a top were unbeaten. Five team, but that, that's what a top five team should do to yep. a team like that. And they just ran them over, and they were never in it. Petrus was good, probably his best game I've seen him play in a while. I agree. He totally took Tagovailoa out of the game on defense, and it's setting up a really fun game uh, in Iowa City on Saturday. And I'll tell you right now, I mean that's that's my game of the week. I'm, I am locked in on that one. I know there's a couple of big SEC games that we'll get to, uh, you know, on Friday. But that that Iowa Penn State game to me is just I, I am in on that one. But Michigan State, I want to I, I want to see them. I want to see what they do the next two weeks on the road against teams that if you know they may be able to handle, and if they can. Man, that's going to set up a fun game October 30th in East Lansing. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. Let's go to the Pac-12, fellas, where Stanford found a way to win. And, uh, boy, there was an ugly injury that game. The Stanford receiver, his, his foot doesn't bend that way. It was just no. brutal. Um, what else? Uh, Oregon State, the beat goes on for them. I'll tell you what a big win was. Herm had a big win. Uh, UCLA was ahead in that football game. Arizona State takes, I think, control uh, in the South. It was a big loss uh, for uh, for Chip Kelly at UCLA. That was the takeaway. I, I think the Pac-12 is out as we sit here today. 
Condon wants to give him a chance. He's right that they're still alive. They have a win against Ohio State. That's a huge win. Yeah, I totally that's a big agree. Thing. Yep, that's it's a huge right win. There. That win in Columbus. Yeah, but can they run the table and they need to? That's. Uh, but Trent's right. Uh, Trent, your takeaway in the Pac-12. Uh, you mentioned the big one, obviously, the upset there. Oregon State, though, as you said, four consecutive victories. Jonathan Smith's done a really mm-hmm. good job. A not an easy place to win. Look at their schedule. They got a chance to get on quite a run here. Utah is coming up in a couple Trent, of weeks. I don't weeks, think I've ever looked at the Oregon State schedule. You know, <laughs> it's a team. B.J. Baylor's a running back. Really good kid. A Texas kid that's running the football well. Yeah. And a tough spot to win. These are the kind of stories that are fun. You know, they got that upset last year against Oregon at the end of the season and the highlighter game, the orange versus the yellow, oh, which is you know, beautiful to see. I like this job. I like this team. Go Beavers. And they're winning me some money, too. Uh, Bama, excuse me while I flip, flip through trying to... Where does Phil... Does <laughs> Phil still even include Oregon State? There they are. So what do they got coming up? They've got uh, uh, Washington this week. No, they beat Washington. Oh, they, they beat, beat Washington, 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 right? Washington they go State. To the, go to the Palouse. Yeah. Then they're by week, Utah. Yeah, at Cal, at Colorado, Stanford, Arizona State. Yeah. There's a the tricky one, mm-hmm. while Oregon's tricky, too. Right. Uh, yeah. Beaver football. How about it? Uh, two and yeah. five last year. Good story, though, Bama. Good story, four and one. Your, uh, your takeaway on the Pac-12, Bama. Yeah, that was one. I mean, listen, I saw them play against – I watched a good bit of that game uh week before last against USC, and that was no fluke. They just pushed them around. Uh, that's a physical team. A lot of JC transfers on that. So, Is there? Listen, okay. It's, yeah, so – and and look, you're it's within the rules, so – uh, you know, a lot of I say JC. There's a lot of uh, you know portal transfers. Mm-hmm. You, you know, pe- teams coming from other programs, whatever. And but they're for real. Uh, I think they're going to be a player in that. I, I don't know. The Civil War could be fun at the end of the year, and I, that game is is uh, in Eugene, so yep. that'll be that'll be a fun place. Arizona State. You mentioned Herm Edwards. Hope it's win. snowing. Yeah, I mean, very good win at UCLA, and, and again, just. A thumping wasn't close. Um, you know, outside of that, you know, USC beating Colorado doesn't do much for you. No. The Oregon Stanford win that was that was one that the conference probably, if they if you really get them to tell the truth, they didn't want because now it's really set up that big debate if Oregon can finish. Uh, you know, you got Cincinnati, you got Ohio State, you got you know if Ohio State somehow has fixed something and goes on and wins the Big Ten. Uh, and Oregon, you know, has the one loss and wins the Big 12. You got them head to head, throw Cincinnati in the mix. I don't think we're going to get that far. I think Oregon might lose another game before it's all said and done. And I'm not sure Ohio State can run it, but the Pac 12 really didn't have a good week nationally, but there's a couple of good stories in that conference, starting with Herm Edwards and Trent's right, the Beavers. I mean, that is a, the, the, they lost at Purdue, only lost on the schedule. Um, but those are two teams, again, if they were to meet in the Pac-12 championship, you're probably not going to watch much of it. Uh, I would because I think it would be a fun game, and I like both those programs. But not a good week for the Pac-12 on a national scene because Stanford just threw that conference into turmoil. If Oregon had been able to win out, they would get in. Um, but they're, obviously they can't, so now we just wait and we see if you know how they finish the season and you know, how everything else shakes out with Cincinnati and Ohio State. There's a lot of losses still out there, and mm-hmm. that's what we've seen. The first four weeks yeah. of the season had more ranked losses in AP poll history. We had another, what, eight this past week, ranked teams that lost. Crazy. It's going to continue this season. So what you, you think you know now. AP poll, too. Yeah, you're, you're not going to know it 
come December. SEC, Ken, I know you want to go there. Yeah. We're, we're not going to talk about the two headliners at the top. In a game where <laughs> what you a go 1-9 on third downs, mm-hmm. Florida mm-hmm. has doubled the time of possession. Mm-hmm. You finished mm-hmm. with 224 mm-hmm. yards Now don't be killing offense. my cats. 87 yards passing. And you win. How did your terrible Wildcats get it done? Well, they can run the football, Trent, is what they can do. And it was a huge game. Uh, Levis, the the transfer quarterback, wasn't great by any means. Wondell Robinson had a couple of plays. One huge play in the football yeah. game. They fell down early, and Wondell Robinson uh, single-handedly tied that football game up, and it was on after that point. And a blocked field goal. It I mean, didn't hurt, right? Yep. Diff, no, that was a difference in the game. Nope, didn't hurt. My cats are 5-0, and oh, boys. How's your guilty pleasure? Bama's is Purdue. <laughs> they stink. Who's yours, Trent? Yeah. Might, might be Oregon State right now. More, oh, you switch I, around. I, I got to say, say his is Kansas State. He talks about Kansas State. He does. Yeah, you know. So, but yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Do Scott Scott or Thompson jersey on? As a matter of fact, yes, I got a crush. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, your takeaway, Trent, on the rest of the SEC. Uh the whole lane train down twenty eight nothing. Get and your it, popcorn oh, ready. You hear the pre yes. pregame stuff. <laughs> it felt. Did you like, see the Alabama mascot wearing a popcorn box? I did it. The end. It was awesome. It felt like it though great. they went for it on fourth down early. Didn't get it. Didn't like the play kept call. Kept going either. on it though. They kept trying right. that, and it just. It went from a football and game. And analytics, by the way, said you did the right thing. Tulane, though, trying to do almost too much. It just, I don't know. It, it was almost like it was too big for him, that he got into his own head, that he was mm. overthinking things here. And those are the things that happened for Alabama and former coaches against Saban as the beat goes on with that. Mm. Bama, your takeaway? It's true. Uh, your takeaway yeah. in the SEC? Well, I mean, in that game, listen, I, I think, the first one, or on the first drive there at the goal line, the fourth and one, or whatever it was at the two or three, I got no problem with him going for that. That was just a great play by Alabama's defense. The rest of it, I think it was just too much bravado. Um, you have to understand you're not going to win. He said you're not going to beat Alabama punting. You're not going to beat them with field goals. I get all that. But at some point, you just have to make them go the length of the field. That. Basically, what you're telling me is you got no confidence in my defense to stop this. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have to score a touchdown on every play. And look, for a while, and I can't remember. I, everybody remembers the game last year. Alabama scored ten touchdowns on its final ten possessions of the game. <laughs> and I think they scored six out of their first seven. So sixteen out of seventeen possessions mm-hmm. against Ole Miss had ended in touchdowns. So maybe that factored into his thinking a little bit, but. Look, the cream of the crop, I think, has risen. Yeah. Uh, in in college SEC. football, Al- just not in the conference. Yeah, and I don't know who's going to beat Alabama and Georgia. Look, and I'll tell you a couple things. There's a couple of coaches right now, fan bases, that are really having buyer's remorse. Yeah. I don't think LSU, and give Auburn credit, they went into one. I get it. Well, how about but, Bo Nix? We're not going to talk yeah. a ton about Oh, my God. That play, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of Seneca Wallace, except Seneca didn't throw the football. Mm-hmm. Bo Nix yeah. did. If you haven't seen this audience, search. It won't be, it'll be easy to find on Twitter. Just search Bo Nix. Yeah. What a play. It was Manziel-esque. Yes, good, was good one. Just, just running around, nothing happening. You know, linemen don't know what's going on, and he just extends his play for, Ken, it had to be 15 seconds he was running around. I mean, side to side, one side to the other, back to the other. He ducks a guy, and then he just heaves it. As he's being tackled. Across the middle of the field, across his body. (laughs) Everything you're not supposed to do, and he completes it for a first down. And he had another one 
uh, later in the, in, the, in the game that, that resulted in a touchdown. So you give him a lot of credit, but, but Ed Orgeron is starting to get the Gene Chizik treatment mm-hmm. uh, at LSU, and that is, look, you just caught lightning in a bottle with Joe Burrow and all that, yep. and Joe Brady calling plays, yep. and you know the coordinators you had, and this this team just throw away last year, okay, fine, but he doesn't have a quarterback that can win, mm-hmm. and they're starting to have pretty big buyer's remorse. The same thing's happening at Texas A&M. They did not give Jimbo Fisher $90 million guaranteed yeah. for him to lose right. at home to Mississippi State in year four. Um, and I understand they're trying to replace Kellen Mond, and maybe they had another injury. I get all that. Fans don't want to hear it. Okay, they No, just, they did have an injury, but they don't want to hear it. You're right. They don't want to hear it. Yeah. And listen, if, if that... If you're if that's what's going to happen and this is what it's going to be, then you know take three million dollars a year. Don't take nine million because mm-hmm. we expect for nine million that you come up with a plan or a backup plan. Things happen. Um, hey, listen, Bob. Um, this segment's gone twenty-seven minutes. <laughs> yeah, uh, I got it. We got to get to. Oh my god! Yeah, I can keep going, uh, brother. Yeah. But you're right. Fish, fish, uh, the the buyer's remorse on both counts. And how about Tennessee scoring sixty-two? Shut up, Love Miller. It. Go to break. We've got to talk Iowa State with Michael Swain. Um, already can't wait for the, the the Get Well Bowl or Get Better Bowl. Old Miss and Arkansas both got embarrassed this weekend. Play each other. That will be fun. Bama, great stuff, my friend. Uh, we appreciate right. it. We'll talk to you on Friday. Thanks, Bama Bob. Enjoy it as always, Ken. Yeah, take care. Good to talk to you. 28 minutes later, go to break. 1460 KX and 010. Global Direct Mail and Marketing is the teammate your small business needs. Locally owned and located in Urbandale, Global Direct Mail and Marketing can help your small business create the high-quality print materials your business needs to succeed. Whether it's business cards, flyers, business forms, letterhead, calendars, or a mail piece to attract new customers, Global Direct Mail and Marketing is ready to go to work for you today. Save by working with the local small business that will go the extra mile to get you what you need. Global Direct Mail and Marketing. Call Craig at 515-282-3000 and get your next project the rookie sports cards in clive gives you the best in the world of cards and signed memorabilia get into the collecting game with the rookie for football baseball basketball and hockey cards from sets to individuals signed jerseys and helmets and their weekly bid board stop by the rookie today 9992 swanson boulevard in clive to rip a pack of cards and have some fun it's the rookie sports cards in clive Welcome back, Miller and Condon. Let's get right to it. Michael Swain, CycloneAlert.com, part of 24-7 Sports. Recapping Iowa State-Kansas, looking at the bye week. Michael Trenton can't apologize for being late. Thanks for being patient uh, with us. How are you? Doing good, doing good. All right. Very excited for a slow bye week, but that means more recruiting content, so can't complain. Oh, good stuff. Well, we look forward to hearing about that. Uh, you know, let's go back to the uh, uh, to the game itself from this past weekend. One of my bigger takeaways is starting to see some of the depth on the football team and and finding out about these kids. I want to ask you about Bo, Bo Frailer, who number 17, who jumped off my television screen a couple of times, and this isn't like he got into the game when it would, had already been decided. He was in much earlier than they started to play some of the backups. I think they've got something there in this kid. What's Bo Frailer's story? Yeah, he's an interesting one. So his kind of high school recruitment was a little bit slow to start off because he had a shoulder injury, I believe his sophomore season. So he barely played and then really came on strong during his junior season, 
Iowa State kind of got in pretty early with him. Um, they ended up getting a commitment from him in May. He had offers from guys like Michigan State, Arizona, Wisconsin. Wow. Um, someone who's listed, you know, six foot two, looks every bit of that on film. I could argue looks maybe even a little bit taller than that. But he's someone that's really impressive and has come in from the start. And he's not one of these guys that came in in January. He came in in June and has mm-hmm. really impressed the coaching staff through fall camp, earned kind of the backup spot behind Aishim Young, has been playing on kickoff unit. And so he's been someone that has really come on strong over the first few weeks of the season. I think you maybe saw a little bit of a coming out party for him uh, against Kansas because he certainly has kind of all the traits I would looks for at that kind of middle safety spot. No doubt about it. Another win, although I think he jumped off. Sorry, he uh, moved too quickly on a kickoff or something. But when Miles Purchase was in the football game, number 15 also caught my eye. What's his story? Yeah, he's. I really like Miles Purchase. He's one that was one of the late commits for Iowa State. He committed last October, and he's got – Really good athleticism. He was, I believe, the Max Preps Player of the Year in Colorado last year. Helped a really, really good Cherry Creek High School team wow, he's to a state title. He's, yeah, he's one of those guys that really has the the pedigree of a really strong high school background. Has come in, kind of had that ability to play early just because of the talented high school he played for. Really good technique, and so he's kind of got all the traits to be a really good cornerback. You saw, you know, guys someone like T.J. Tampa has come on strong mm-hmm. in the last few weeks, but. I mean, Iowa State seems to have a really good kind of strong future at that cornerback spot with, you know, Purchase and Tampa. Good thing is you get to learn about some of these new guys in a blowout, but the question is, what did we learn about the guys we're going to see out there against Texas and Oklahoma and Oklahoma State? Did you learn anything as it pertains to that or Kansas? I'm sorry, it's your alma mater. They're just so bad. What did you able to take away from that starting group? Yeah, it is hard because they are so bad and I think the way that the game unfolded it was really hard to get a sense for you know how Iowa State's kind of main guys were going to play I think the positive thing is Brock Purdy kind of looked sharp I would say that kind of that touchdown mm-hmm. pass he had yep. to go skates you know good touch on that throw that's kind of the one aspect of Purdy's game we haven't seen a ton of this season it's kind of those real deep 40 plus yard throws down the field so that was a positive I think anytime you see Brees Hall getting closer and closer to 100%, I think that's a big positive. Mm-hmm. But I think in terms of overall, it's hard to read into much of that just by the way that Iowa State jumped out with such a big lead. Um, but I would feel pretty good about Iowa State's momentum going into the bye week now. Uh, has Cameron Shook taken over the punting duties from Corey Dunn? We'll see. The big thing that Matt Campbell talked about post game was his hang time. And if you think back to some of Corey Dunn's punts earlier this season, they've been more line drives. And I wrote something last week where basically the difference between the two, um, last year, Joe Rivera, this year, Corey Dunn, is the return yards. And basically, Iowa State's allowing five or six more yards of return this season compared to last season, which I think points to the hang time thing. And so I think you're now looking at them going to Shook, who has better hang time on the punts. He may not kick it as far is Dunn or Joe Rivera, but he's going to get more hang time. Those return guys aren't going to be able to make big plays that we saw kind of hinder Iowa State in two losses to Iowa and Baylor this year. So that will be interesting to see kind of who gets it long term, but I think you're looking at maybe a different style of punter with Shook compared to Dunn. Shook might be a guy that you can put there. You're around midfield. He hit that high one up there. No, you're going to get a fair catch. And I don't mm-hmm. know. Do you th- could you see them going the route of dual punters? Maybe. I, I think it could just depend on situation. Yeah. And, you know, we Matt Campbell talks so much about trust in his players, and that's how you're going to get playing time. And I, I think you could say that, you know, Dunn has lost a little bit of that trust just based on how mm-hmm. the start of this season went. So I think it's going to be on him now, too, during the bye week in the lead-up to that Kansas State game. 
do it to where he's able to earn kind of some of that trust back. Because it seems like, you know, Shook is someone that has kind of more of a secure punting feel to him where, you know, you're not going to get these big returns and may not go as far. But I think Campbell would much rather err on the side of caution there rather than trying to squeeze out five, six extra yards in the punt when it could result in a big game. Uh, Michael Swain, 24-7 Sports, CycleAlert.com. I was going to ask you about my guy, Zach Peterson, who had another big game. But I want to go this route with you. Uh, Cyclone fans have been spoiled in the running game. They went from David Montgomery to Brees Hall, uh, which are two, I don't have to tell anybody, where they uh, sit in, in Cyclone lore. Um, I get Troy Davis, etc. But it, back-to-back is pretty special to have these two cats. Sanders and Silas uh, seemingly are the heir apparent. Silas got into the end zone. I think Sanders played first. I don't know if you can read anything into that, but once Brees Hall is gone, and he will be, and Brock can come back for another year, uh, and I'm not sure, I'm not saying that either one of these guys has to be Hall or Montgomery. That would be asking a lot. But who do you think has the lead right now, Sanders or Silas, uh, for that primary guy going forward? Yeah, I think they both probably filled different needs for your offense, which I think is something that Iowa State wanted to do in that last recruiting cycle, was add a, a speed running back like Eli Sanders, who has kind of those Kenny Nwongu-esque track times. And then you've also got more of a, a powerful, dynamic, shifty back like Deion Silas, um, who considers himself almost more of like a receiver coming out of the backfield, because that's what he did a lot of at the high school level. So I think for Iowa State, you're maybe looking at more of a transition from being dominant or having one back that takes kind of dominant carries to being able to kind of mix and match depending on the game plan, where if you want someone that's going to have some breakaway speed in terms of straight line, one cut and go, Eli Sanders is the guy. But if you want someone that's more shifty, going to you know go through holes and make things happen, that's probably Deion Silas. And like you mentioned too, Jairo Brock can come back next year as well. Um, I think that he's someone that will probably relish that opportunity to be the lead guy. But in terms of the guys behind him, I think Iowa State's kind of in maybe a different scenario than they've been in past years, where they've got two guys that they can kind of mix and match and pick their matchups with. 24-7 Sports, CycloneAlert.com, Michael Swain, uh, for all the recruiting news for this uh, week, and apparently there's going to be a lot of it. Uh, 24-7 Sports, Cyclone Alert. Michael, thank you. Appreciate We'll talk with you next week. Thank you, Michael Swain. Definitely sounds good. Thank you, guys. Good to talk to you, Michael Swain, on Iowa State. Mr. Monday Night. What did Mr. Monday Night have last week? A loss. A loss. It was well, a 50 star. Didn't come it? in. <laughs> eh, we'll see what he's miss. got up his sleeve. Maybe it's a 100 star. You just keep adding stars till he hit one. So he right? finally hit one, yeah. sure. Uh, that's next. Miller and Condon, 1460 KX and 01. Uses directed. Do you remember the time that Michael Jordan won the first of his NBA titles? It's been a while, but the answer is 1993. Do you know when Wolf Roofing started roofing houses? That's right, 1993. Wolf Roofing has been around for a long time. For your next roofing project, put the experience of Wolf Roofing on your side. Find them on the web at wolfroofing.net or give them a call at 515-225-8866. Or on13.com. The Central Iowa Sports Network is your home for year-round coverage of high school athletics in the CIML and the only place to watch Des Moines Menace Soccer. Providing coverage year-round and always streaming for free on on YouTube and at CISN.TV. Subscribe to CISN TV on YouTube to stay up to date on upcoming events. Like and follow on Facebook and Twitter at CISN TV or visit their website at CISN.TV. CISN TV, the home for live. Tell them Murph and Andy sent you. Right, 
1360 KXNO 106.3 FM. It's the Raiders and the Chargers. The Chargers are a field goal favorite. Here's Mr. Monday Night. Mr. Monday Night loves to play the dogs on Mondays, but not tonight. Play the field goal. Take the Chargers. I'm not a big believer yet in this Raiders team. I like their defense. I think the Chargers will win the football game. Full field goal? Yes, yes, I believe they will. Game is in L.A., although the Raiders fans will have half the stadium. Yes. It, they will. They just It's a, it's a fact. Murph and Abby in an hour and five minutes. The Fanatics at three. It's a bye week in football. Do the Iowa State folks have their coaches show at 630? I'm not positive. Tune Somebody will be there. find out. Yes. Um, We'll see. We're back tomorrow. Thanks for being with us. We're Miller and Condon. We're here every Monday, Friday, through Friday, from 10 until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX and Owen 106.3.